Well, my friends, welcome back to another episode of What Are You Creating? My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Today, we are going to be talking with one of my favorite creators on the planet. His name is Ray Edwards. If you've been following me for any amount of time, you certainly have heard me talk about him a great deal and the influence and the impact that he's had in my life. And uh, chances are you've seen us hang out together quite a bit. (laughs) Ray, how are you? I am awesome. Awesome. Yes. I'm. No, wait. I'm better than awesome. Yes. I'm better than awesome. That is wonderful. Ray, we could go anywhere in a conversation, and I love that. I, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to. I didn't tell you anything that I might ask you today, partly because I hadn't decided until just now what I might ask you. Uh, and the first question I want to ask you is, who are you and why are you here? I am who you see, and I am here to be on a quest of discovery, to experience a state of righteousness, by which I just mean completeness, peace, and joy, and to exude experience and share a sense of possibility. I like that. Sweet. So I did not expect to give that answer because I did not expect to be asked that question. I I did no I did no preparation. Well, I, except for live life up until this moment, except for fifty seven <laughs> years of that on this planet. Yes, ah, I, but I, I came here just totally open because I've been following the journey that you're on, and we're we're all on our own journey. And uh, I just I wanted to come to this conversation completely open to talk about whatever comes up. That's awesome. That's what I love about our friendship is that we often just show up empty, willing to, well, okay, show up full, but show up empty of expectation. How's that? I love that. Yes, that's very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, you, you and I could probably sit here for the next five minutes in silence and have the most profound conversation. Do you know that? I do know that. I sat with you through a lot of silence on your patio yesterday as I was listening to your recent podcast where you were, well, at one point you were talking about trees and I I was with you. I loved that. I was actually on my back deck watching the wind in the trees. So I felt like we were almost, as, it was as if we were sitting on the same back patio. And there was lots of silence. And I was struck by, I hope you don't, I know you don't mind me making this observation. There was a time when I knew you where I felt as though you needed to fill every moment of silence with sound. And you're in such a different, a different, you're in the same place, but in a different way. That's how it expressed where you are now. I could be off on that, but that's what I feel. I, I I think what you said is accurate. 
Yeah. So I that's one of the things that I love is that you still listen. You're one of the folks who listen to the audio journal and that you keep up to date with some of the crazy stuff that I have been doing going down. And one of the things that I know that you create in this world, Ray, is an opportunity for people to express who they are and encouraging them along their paths even when they doubt that maybe expressing more fully who they feel called to be is a good ideal or not. So I'm speaking, of course, of myself. Um, One of the things that you created was saying, I came to you with this crazy dream years ago, and I said, Ray, this sounds crazy, but I haven't told many people this. But I have this dream of seeing myself on a stage in front of tens of thousands of people in a stadium. And you're like, yeah, I see that. And and then I'm like, what? And then, of course, you're like, I, I yeah, I, I, I see that. And that, that right there gave me the freedom to just at least continue seeing that dream or feeling that dream. And as I did that, it opened up opportunities for me to explore more of why is this coming up for me? Where is this coming from? What does this mean for me? What do I want? How on earth would I get there? All of these other things. And of course, uh, there was this one time, I will never forget a sentence that you said, uh, or a statement that you made. You said, listen, if, if you're going to pursue or at least be open to the reality of you know such an event like that doing the kind of work that it is that you say you feel called to do why don't you go to an event that somebody else that you know is already doing that work so that you can be exposed to it so you can get ideas inspired motivated by it uh, put yourself in that environment and you recommended that I go to my very first ever Tony Robbins conference mm-hmm. that's been a little bit of a journey with Tony over the years. But this is what I see that you've done, Ray, and this is why I'm bringing you on here, is is that's, I think of the number of times when you have created a space for me to bounce ideas off of you that I would have maybe been conditioned to feel apprehensive about either having those ideas, having those dreams, and certainly speaking them out loud to a majority of the other people I know on this planet. Where does that come from? And are you doing this for everyone? (laughs) Everyone I come in contact with to the best of my ability, yes. And when I say to the best of my ability, I mean um, one of the one of the things that I've been developing in myself is actually peeling away something in myself, which is the the reluctance to say things that might feel inappropriate to the person I'm speaking with because it may challenge something about their belief system or their um, 
their map of reality. So I've, I've been for the longest time working on something that, well, Tony would express it this way on being able to understand and appreciate the world in which that person is living. Uh, Cause I, 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 yes, I, I feel as though part of my purpose in life is to encourage people on their own journey of discovery. And I recognize that my desire to do that is actually at least in part because of programming I received as a very young child. Uh, and in this case, part of that programming is actual television programming. Uh, I've been recently, I've been journaling about things that I believe, things that I say a lot. And I've been exploring where did that come from originally? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not conscious of having heard anybody recommend this or of having read this anywhere. I, maybe I did, probably I did, but I just started quite some time ago journaling my thoughts every morning and uh, asking myself, is that, and when I say journaling my thoughts, I mean, I write down the things I'm thinking as they come to me, whether or not they are pretty, because often they're not, often they're very ugly. Um, so ugly, some of them, it would make me uncomfortable to share them here because they're so, there's such foul things that come up sometimes. And I ask myself, do I want to be thinking this? So this goes deeper than that even. This is where I started thinking recently about my core beliefs. And I define my core beliefs as what do I talk about all the time? What am I always saying? Either to people outside myself or in my own head. And I realized as I've been doing this exercise where so much of the the programming of my mind took place when I was young. I didn't even realize I was being programmed. Like one of the first catechisms I learned was that I'm on a journey of discovering strange new worlds, seeking out new life and new civilizations, and boldly going where no man has gone before. Um, Star Trek. And I, I used to be embarrassed to admit to people how much influence that show has had on me over the years. Now I'm no longer embarrassed. I embrace it. Um, that was early programming. Hmm. And it's, I've all my life had this feeling of, I want to, I want to go. I want to travel. I want to discover new things. I want to find new people, new ideas, new civilizations. And, um, one of the principles in that show was, is the prime directive or as it was originally known, general order one, non-interference. I'm just recognizing right now just how much we are on a journey of discovery with new worlds and new civilizations because Here's what I can bounce off of this is you live in a world, a reality. I live in a world, a reality. And they are quite different worlds that you and I live in. 
as is the world and the reality of seven billion other people on this planet. Yes. Yeah. We literally all have our own version of reality. We all see the world a completely, uniquely different way. We have some common er- commonalities. We have some common agreements. We've chosen some some symbols to mean certain things. But we, no two human beings live in the same world. We don't see the world, feel the world, experience the world, think about the world in the same way. And what I love about the idea is that, hmm, there... There comes a point in time when you might be able to see the common thread among everything and to see that, wait a second, we're really not all different. In fact, we're all the same. We might all be one. And yet once you become, quote unquote, uh, so far advanced in your own journey to the stars, if you will, that, that understanding that you know, it non-interference is probably the best to other people's journey to their stars. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's, this is just making me laugh, making me very happy because we haven't spoken much lately. Um, I mean, we speak every week. We're in a mastermind group together, but that's a different environment. And um, we just having this kind of personal conversation. And I feel like we're just having a personal conversation that just happens to it's being recorded and it'll be heard by other people, but I'm, I'm working. I'm not working. That's the thing. I'm not working on moderating what I'm saying. I'm just having a conversation with my friend Cliff, which is what I wanted to do when I came on this call. My intention was I would not create a version of myself to be on this podcast I just want to be who I am with my friend who's being who he is and see what happens. Yeah, that's fun. I love that. Because that's what we tend to do and I have tended to do. I mean, people say it's like, well, are you? there was a question somebody asked, one of our mutual friends just asked on Facebook. And the question was, "Are have you ever found that you tend to be somebody in one circumstance or scenario and situation uh, where you show up in a different way there than you would, let's just say, in another place. And my answer to that question has been, for most of my life, yeah. And, And it's kind of expected of me Mm -hmm. to do that. It's called Mm -hmm. fitting in. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, when I joined the Church of the Nazarene, they said, "Hey, check this manual out. These are the these are the things we believe, and do you agree <laughs> that you will live your life in accordance to these rules, these rituals, these ways of being in the world?" And I'm like, "Okay, sure. Let me put on another mask on my face." And, and, and in this place and in this scenario with these people, I will, I, I will get on the stage and rehearse these scripted lines for my being. Mm-hmm. And there are some other places where I would go and I'm like, okay, now I'm in the business world. And that comes with its own, some, you know, I was in an insurance agency and so 
uh, in a profession, it's like, okay, well, this one, okay, this one requires that I dress differently, you know, is, is what I was told, for example. And I remember going on a two-week sales training seminar, and they were going to teach me how to be a more professional salesperson. And it was required that you would wear shirt and tie and suit jacket every single day for two mm-hmm. weeks up to that point. I had no such suit jacket or tie or button-up shirt, for that matter. I That's just not how I dressed. But... I wanted to participate with that group of people. And so therefore, yes, I adopted and put on a costume to play that role. And we have countless of other places like this, but it is it, it is a uniquely freeing experience when you can actually just take off all of the masks and reveal to the world who you are, not who others are desire you to be yeah that is um that's an experience i've been living out in a very real way over the last couple of years with another mutual friend of ours uh jeff goins jeff and i are co-authoring a book together um collaboratively writing probably a better way to express that it's it's my book i got a publishing contract with a traditional publisher, just something that had been on my list of intentions or goals or desires to someday do write a book that way. Um, and uh, it's been interesting because with Jeff and me, it was a process of us having lots of conversations about what I wanted to say. And he very early on in the, in the whole process began pushing at me and saying, Hey, I want to hear what you really think. I I want to not hear what you think will sound good or what other people will approve of. Let's be real. So that was every time we were going to talk in the beginning, I'd get tense because I'd know, well, Jeff's going to push me into a corner on something. And uh, as I became more comfortable taking off the masks, and I mean, I felt like many times I I had taken taken them off as deep as I knew how to get. (laughs) It felt like I had all the masks off, but there's always some... I th- for me, so far, there's always some residue of, oh, I'm in this situation, I'm living up to somebody else's expectations in some way or another. Um, and, and so he asked me just this past week, we had turned in the manuscript to the publisher, and he asked, as we were reviewing the process, he says, how has it felt for you to, um, to stop hiding? Mm-hmm in so many different ways. How did you answer that? I said, it's been hard. And also it's been very freeing. And so for me, there was a point where I I felt like I'm just going to be who I am and I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody feels about. I'm just going to be who I am. And that is a liberation moment. It's also a place where you... I potentially had the opportunity to make a few messes in my life because I was completely disregarding the feelings and the, I was not really understanding and appreciating the world in which other people in my life lived in their world. And so consequently, in some cases I was making a big mess in the name of my own liberation 
And I, the, what's funny is the, the more free I've become, and I'm, I don't claim that I've achieved total freedom or enlightenment or sanctification or however you would like to think about this process. I think I'm closer than I was. I'm freer than I was. I've become free enough now that there are times I may moderate what I'm saying to someone else because I don't want to cause them a problem um, that I could avoid simply by changing the way I say something. And it's not about me being fake. It's about me being as authentic as I know how to be because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or confuse them or cause them fear or offend them. I mean, if my grandmother were still living in this world and I went to her house and I was sitting in her living room, there are certain words I would not say because they would upset her. It's not because I'm being fake with my grandma. It's because I love my grandma and I want to be respectful of what her world is about and what it's like. So I, I feel as though I've developed a lot more freedom to the point now that I don't, I also don't have to wear the mask of being so independent. I can just say and do anything I want to at any time and there is no consequence for what I say and do. Because that's, that's not true. I mean, my, my beliefs and my actions always have a consequence. Yeah, te- definitely agree. I one of the things that I love about the fact of what you've said there, it's not like you can just go out and do anything you want without consequence. Everything we do, and including whatever mask we put on and whatever character or persona or personality we display in the world, and whatever actions and behaviors and things that come from that, every one of them have consequences. Some are good, some are bad, and and whatever, right? You're, everything is going to have a consequence. The other thing is, is I love the about the fact, one of the things that I've discovered on where I'm at in my journey is that I can be free of the masks, but I can intentionally choose to put a mask on. And that doesn't mean I'm being fake. It's just that I am interacting with this environment with the appropriate interface device necessary. Yes. I think of it as a Star Trek's universal translator. Yeah, exactly. I'm better able to communicate when I use this device. You know, it's interesting. Uh, people from time to time, I'll, I'll run across somebody who's seen me in different environments and they'll say, you're kind of a hypocrite, you know, because you don't use profanity most of the time that I've seen you. And in this place, I heard you using profanity. And I would say, well, I guess you're right. Technically, I'm a hypocrite because that word actually comes from the early Greek concept of drama. I mean, the people who acted in the dramas were hypocrites. They were actors. Uh, they, By the way, they wore masks, interestingly enough. Called um, personas. Yes, called personas. So I, you know, I've I I was talking to somebody recently, and I mentioned Jim Carrey. I'd seen this video about him and his paintings, which I I thought it was a beautiful. I don't know whether it was an interview or a documentary, but he was just talking about his art and what it meant to him. And this person I was speaking with said, "Well, I think Jim Carrey's gone kind of crazy." I said, "Interesting. Why Why do you think that?" Um, and they said, "Well, because I heard him talking about." 
he thinks that Jim Carrey is just a character that he plays. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And you, you think that's crazy? Yes. So we went on to have a very interesting discussion. And I, I realized as we were talking, um, I, I feel as though I understand what Jim's talking about when he says that. And he just got bored with that character. I think, though, that to me, at this stage in my development, I can think of myself as a character because I, my, my hallucination is that other people also know deep down inside the true them is not always being expressed. I feel at times, I just feel like that's, that didn't really reflect who I truly am. So why did I do or say that thing that I just did or said? And I, I realized, well, that's part of this persona, this character that I'm playing. And I've become a lot more comfortable with the fact that, I mean, really? I, I, I feel as though I'm playing a character because inside me is the eternal soul that God created. And that's who I really am. And all this other stuff layered on top of that is a persona or a character. And so I've decided not to agonize over getting rid of the character and just being my soul. I will get there. I'm convinced that we all get there. That that time comes. So I'm just having fun playing these different characters that I am. That That's awesome. I love that. Where, where I have come on that statement is I don't believe that any of us will get there. Because we never left there to in the first place. Okay. But while that is still there, not m- many of us are consciously aware of that identity as the eternal soul. That, you know, or if you listen to episode 681 of the Cliff Ravenscraft show, I am a divine spiritual being having a human experience. Mm. And Cliff Ravenscraft is the primary interface module or persona <laughs> that I've chosen to use when interacting in this space during the time frame of 1973 through fill in the blank later, I guess. Primary interface device. We call um, it a human body. I'm loving this. <laughs> and yes. and this primary interface device has, I, I will say, not a multiple pa- personality disorder because it's a function, not a flaw. Yeah, I was going to say it's a feature. <laughs> it's a feature, not a flaw. I have multiple personalities. Yeah. I do. And... Because this is something before I had, and by the way, for those that don't know, I don't, I'm 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 not going to read in or interpret any of Ray's words, but I have had what many people in certain spiritual paths will call an enlightened experience. I I am not saying that I'm an enlightened being that you know or you know far advanced master of the mystic teachings of whatever anything but i have had an enlightening an enlightenment or an enlightened understanding of who i am i i definitely see myself fully as 
soul slash spirit. That is the awareness of who I am. But that a fractal portion of who I am currently interfaces and interacts in this world as Cliff Ravenscraft. And I love that. I don't, and I put this, this persona on and fully engage because I chose to come here. And it's like, wow, let's, let's have an adventure. But I forgot why I was saying all of that. It just it just left me. Oh, the idea, uh, the the fact that we never. So the, it's not that I will get there. There are times that I choose to. There are there are times that I do forget, and sometimes for me to be fully engaged in this world, I need to forget that I'm an unlimited supernatural divine being that is limitless. Mm. So it's like you're in the holodeck. Yes. So immersive you can forget. Yes. (laughs) I kind of need to be Moriarty, Moriarty, if you will, for a while. Yeah. I, I loved those episodes. Those are some of my favorites. Yeah. So any, anyway, I say all of that to say that, you know, I, I think we are all the eternal divine being and we, have, we choose to forget our true identity because if we don't, we can't have the, what we call the full human experience. Yeah. I... I don't know if you'll be surprised or not. I agree with you. Um, I I went through um, the, I had what I would call illuminating experiences when I was much younger. Um, I mean, I was in my late teens, early 20s, and I was exploring all kinds of different religions and faiths and philosophies and I was raised as a fundamentalist uh, Christian, Southern Baptist, Pentecostal person in the United States of America in the 1960s and 70s. And I say all that because that's really a lot of cultural programming to layer on top of a human being. And we all get it, depending on where we're in different places, different times. But I, I, I went through eventually what people would nowadays call deconstruction. I took apart my old belief system and I said, That's, I don't believe any of that anymore. And um, I've come back to, the, to my Christian faith in Jesus Christ with, I feel, a, a level of understanding that just makes me aware of how much I had to learn back then and how much I still have to learn right now. Uh, and I, I believe fundamentally the things you were just sharing about our nature, about who we truly are, about how we, and I say we, now I'm just talking about you and me, because we're the only people here right now that I can see. Um, trying to think how I want to say, well, I'm about to say it how it is. I feel totally comfortable saying I believe in the, the orthodox confessions of the Christian faith. And I also feel comfortable in telling you that 
those things mean different things to me than they probably mean to most people who confess those same orthodox statements of faith. And I don't see any contradiction in that. I don't see any problem in it. I, there's a joke that I used to tell, and now I'm going to tell it again. Um, well, I'll just condense it. Uh, I had a, how to set the context for this. I had a friend with whom I had many um, theological disagreements back when I thought arguing theology was a great idea. <laughs> and um, we were in different little clubs in the, in the larger Christian club. And both of our little clubs believed we had the right answers. And the, only we had the right answers. And um, one day he said to me, well, you know, one day the world's going to come to an end and the rapture is going to happen and God will explain it to you on the way up. And I feel like he unlocked something for me in that moment because I felt like I, I had this sense of, well, God's going to explain it to all of us when we wake up. Yep. So I don't, I'm not interested in arguing with people anymore. Nor am I. You know, that's the crazy thing. Of course, you know a very large amount of the things that I have been pursuing and exploring. You're not completely aware because we haven't chatted in quite some time. And and I go far and fast and dive deep headfirst into all sorts of new stuff. Yes, you do. Uh, I, I could, I, I'm fr- feel free to ask me any questions because I, I have nothing to hide, but, um, the one thing that I can tell you is that this, what was it that started this, the wake up there, there, cause there was something you said that prompted me to start going down this path. Just take a second for me to go back. I have to hit, let sure. me rewind. Ray said this, it started a joke, condensed. The guy said, rapture, uh, he'll, you'll find out on the way up. Yep, no, it's gone. I'm okay with that too, by the way. Not a big yeah. deal. Not editing that out. Me too. Um, I just, I, I find that there's so much that I firmly believe and I know there will come a time later when I'll say, oh, I have a different understanding of that now because I've had that happen to me enough times to know it's likely it's going to happen again. And that's part of the journey of discovery that I'm on. And when I say that, I think the initial question you asked me, I don't, oh, is who are you and why are you here? Was that the first question? That was the first question, yeah. And I said something about that I I'm here to experience a state of righteousness, peace, and joy. Many of you will recognize that that phrase comes out of the Bible. B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for you and me. Um, that's a song we used to sing in vacation Bible school. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand up on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. So there's a little programming. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I've not been conditioned in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. 
So that <laughs> phrase, that phrase now means something different to me than it did when I first learned of it. If it, it meant righteousness carried this all this baggage for me for so long about all these rules I had to follow to be to get into heaven. Otherwise, I would suffer the eternal torment of damnation fire for all eternity. Mm. And now, righteousness to me means something different. It means feeling that I'm living in a complete state of grace. And uh, that I love that feeling. And I, I find that for me, being a distributor of those feelings, being a hope dealer <laughs> is uh, it's what I used to call evangelism. I, I don't want to go around getting people to check off a list of my beliefs they have to share. I want to go around giving them an experience of something they can taste and feel that'll change them because some, some light came into that dark place where they were in that moment. That's to me, that's what encouraging people and, and helping them. If I can be so bold as to say that and interacting with them in the way that I do these days, that's what it's about. I appreciate that. And as you continued to go down that path, you re-sparked where I was going with the last thing. So it came back to me. Nice. So where I was going with this is going down the path that I've been going down, there are some who expressed some very genuine concern for my well-being. Say, stating that you know th- this is dangerous territory. These the this this path that you're you're studying. There's lots of false teachers. There's demonic entities, and and you don't want to go too far down this path. Blah 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 blah. Well, I appreciate all of those people who express that concern. I genuinely mean that. I understand their heart of why they stated all of the things that they've stated. And I have in the past stated similar things to other people in my past when I recognized that they were going down this path. I was conditioned to also have genuine concern for them and and to express that they might want to avoid such adventures. So um, what's interesting is that Along this path, along this journey, I've continued to go and dive deeper into some of the stuff that would, if you knew, it, it's like, what, what, huh? And the one thing I could say is that the end result thus far is more peace more love, more joy, more understanding the limitless abundance of all that is, and a desire to never judge myself, never criticize myself, never condemn myself. 
and to never criticize, condemn, or complain about another person either, but instead to only and fully and unconditionally be in love with myself and the same to others and to only see myself in the mirror when i look in the mirror actually in front of a physical mirror or just in self evaluation that when i look at myself i will see myself as the pure perfect divine spiritual being or soul that i am that is not possible to be tarnished though even though I have a very physical human experience, which part of having a human experience has both light and darkness. There is what's called duality. Yeah. And that love is is seeing the divine in myself and not getting caught up in the 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 mask, the out the outer appearance of the physical world. Mm-hmm. And and what I've what this experience has given me is, and I'm not perf. I've not perfected this. It's not all the time. Not all, not even for myself. Do I see always see myself this way? But but I am getting closer and closer and closer to the place where, if 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 my in my perfect day, my perfect week, my perfect month, my perfect year, my perfect dec- decade is where I would never be able to be convinced that the person in front of me, whether that be virtually or physically, anywhere here on this planet or in my mind, that the person that it that I am thinking about or in front of or communicating with, in a perfect world, I would only be able to see the divine eternal soul and spirit and I would know my oneness with that person and I would never get caught up in the stories that they are the human experience that they are having. Mm. And that gives me such, un, has given me access to such love that I had never experienced prior to that filtering way of seeing the world. I, I like that um, a lot. And I, I have those same feelings. I have a, a different construct, maybe, maybe not different. Maybe I'm just being presumptuous. But I, um, this is going to be a tangent. I've gone really deep into studying my own spiritual historical faith. I went through a time of exploring everybody else's faith because I had dissatisfaction with my own faith for a good long while there. And then I went through another period of deconstructing my faith when as, a, as the symptoms of Parkinson's disease began to take over more and more in my day-to-day existence, um, I found it was easier to maintain some of the beliefs that I had um, when I was perfectly healthy. And it was more difficult for me to maintain some of those beliefs when, I mean, my everyday reality is a certain degree of pain, suffering, and disability. And when I say suffering, I just mean pain that doesn't stop. That's, that's what I mean. Uh, I'm aware that the more energy I give that idea, the more deeply I experience the experience called suffering. So that has been a helpful distinction. And as I went diving back into my own historical faith, Christianity, and 
looking at the early, I'm amazed by how much of my feelings and thoughts about other quote branches of Christianity had been influenced by the programming of the church that I grew up in. I mean, I mean the, the literal building in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, where I was growing up, how much of my certainty about the world was created by people in that building who said certain things to me that I accepted as gospel truth, like, for instance, that the Catholic Church was the whore of Babylon, that the Pope was the Antichrist. And later in life, I came to discover, well, there's a, there's a pretty powerful argument to say that that was the original Christian church, what became the Catholic Church. So anyway, in my reading of different Catholic theologians and mystics and monks and sinners and saints, uh, I came across the Orthodox tradition and I've really been enjoying being in that world lately because their, their, their story is we never split from anybody. We're just who we were 2000 years ago. <laughs> and um, I like that. That was a, that was a different twist in the story. I hadn't really heard. The Catholic Church says, well, we're, we're not the same as we were 2,000 years ago because we've added things later that we discovered through divine revelation. And I don't want to get into all that. I just want to say, I come back to, um, you know, the word, the word of God to me is, was dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ. And I believe that. I believe he is the word that the word was with God and the word was God. And I don't feel like it's my job to force anybody else to believe that or convince them that that's true. I just decided after reexamining what I'd been taught as a child from different angles and rejecting it for a time and coming back to it from in a, as a different character now with a lot more stage time and experience. Yeah. And um, that's the door for me. And I, as I said, I don't feel the need to correct anybody else. I feel we were given free will to do what we wish. And that's what we're doing. And We'll go back to where we came from and it'll be back home again. And my feeling is we'll be sharing stories about our adventures before we set off on the next ones. I love that. Now that may, that may freak some people out, but that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I love it. It doesn't freak me out at all, as you know. So, Ray, with 15 minutes left for us to Have we been talking that long? Yeah, we've been talking for 45 minutes I already. I feel like we just started. It does feel that way, doesn't it? So, so Ray, what do you want to create next? What, what's the purpose of this book? What's this book about? Oh, that's a good question. Because um, that's something I've been talking with Jeff a lot about. Like, what was this book about? <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been working on it? Um, two years, a little over two years now. Nice. Um, it, it's real. We started off thinking it was about beliefs. Uh, 
Uh, and I, I now believe what it's really about is the way we persuade ourselves about what is real and what is not, about what is true and what is not, and the way we're persuaded by other people and the way we allow ourselves to be persuaded because if there's any role that I've played in this play called Life, it's been a pers- the role of a persuader. That's uh, something that Jeff really helped me see, like even back to my youth, especially back to my youth where I, I performed. I was an actor, oddly enough, a showman, if you will. And I was looking for applause and for acknowledgement of my great performance. And I really liked that character and I've continued to play that character throughout my life. I've been a persuader and a marketer and I, I love finding new ideas and marketing those ideas to people, whether it's overtly in the form of marketing and selling things online or if it's just in the form of being excited about what I'm learning and sharing it with somebody else and saying, this is really exciting. You should check this out. Does that sound familiar? It does sound very familiar. So, so when's this book coming out? Um, I think after the first of the year, probably next spring. Um, currently, the working title is Read This or Die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a reference to a sales letter. Uh, that headline to a sales letter about a health-focused newsletter. It was selling a health-focused newsletter. So the, the copywriter was actually writing the headline, Read This newsletter. He didn't say it in the headline, but he was saying, read this or die. And his name was Jim Rutz. He was a very spiritual man. He's passed, he's passed on to the next plane of existence. Uh, but he was, he became a friend of mine. I ran into him at a marketing conference and he was much older. By that time he was elderly and nobody was paying him any attention. I started talking to him and realized he was this legendary writer. So anyway, Jim and I became friends. We talked a lot in his last couple of years. And um, when I got into this whole Parkinson's diagnosis thing and I was at my most lost, I felt like I wanted to die. Um, I mean, I really seriously considered suicide at one point. Okay, at more than one point. And I made a decision one during one of those dark times you know, I'm not so certain of my map of reality that I'm 100% sure this might not be all there is. And if that's the case, I don't want to give it up just yet. And that became the, the conceptual idea that, well, I'm going to be here. I'm going to soak up every bit of this experience I possibly can. And I want to be here for as much of that as I can. So I need to take certain actions, adopt certain behaviors and ideas and beliefs and be willing to shift them as I go. So I wrote a sales letter to myself and this, the headline on the sales letter was read this or die. Or die. <laughs> I love that. Is that the introduction to the book? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And then going forward, I'm, here's what I'm going to do, Cliff. I'm going to discover strange new worlds, seek out new life and new civilizations, and boldly go places I have never been before. 
I love that. I love it. That's what Ray Edwards is creating. Yes. And I reserve the right to create something different if I decide that sounds like more fun. I love that too. I want to play something, a little clip. This is, I found this on TikTok. You know, the great profits of TikTok oh, yes. are, are amazing. And let me just open this up here. And because there's all these people who get really stuck in the work that they do is letting it define them. And oh, do, 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 do. if you know what you want to do in this life. All right. So. Let me make sure this is unmuted. There we go. There's music in the background of this TikTok, but I'm going to play the whole TikTok, and Ray, you get the benefit of seeing the video visuals that go with it. But Oscar Wilde said that if you know exactly what you want to be in life, a, a teacher or a grocer or a judge or a soldier, you will become it. That is your punishment. Actually not knowing what you want to be, reinventing yourself every morning, not being a noun, but being a verb, being moving in life, not being fixed in life, is a privilege, even though it's a difficult one sometimes. So don't, don't feel bad about not knowing. I think it's the most wonderful thing to be open, to be a permanent student, if you can, in, in the mind. Yes. I love that. I love that, too. You know, um, there's another character on Star Trek that I, I love, whose name is Mr. Spock. Yeah. And he's a Vulcan, or for those of you who are astute observers, you will realize he's a Stoic. And um, he has a little symbol that is, um, a, a, in the story, it's a religion of his people, and it's the IDIC, Infinite Diversity, Infinite Combinations. Hmm, yeah. So, I think that's what we have here. To paraphrase from the movie Clute, what we have here, <laughs> cool hand Luke, what we have here is infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Yeah. And, and that is, if, if, if there's one message that I'm trying to broadcast to as many people who will hear it from me is the, the concept of infinite and the concept of limitless you know it's like well i'm trying to decide what is the next right step well who gets to decide what is right the the next there is no such thing as right there is no such thing wrong unless you're asking someone else's opinion then they will tell you what is right but then it's what's right for them what what do you it's not a what what's the right thing it's just what do you want What do you want? No, what do you want? Not what does your parents want? What doesn't what does society and culture want? What do, what do you what does what does your heart want? What does your soul cry out for you to experience next? And when I think about that, I th this quote and I just found this this morning. It's like if you know what you want to be in life, you will become it and that is your punishment. And I was talking with somebody recently who is a lawyer, makes many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And he was asking me, you know, hey, I just can't figure out why I keep getting stuck. I want to create a podcast. I want to create a blog. 
I want to create a YouTube channel. I want to create um, a, a course and all this other stuff. But I, I've been playing around with this stuff for two years and I get caught up in all the studying of this stuff and I just can't get myself to take action. Mm. And I said, well, what do you want? And he says, I want a blog. I want a podcast. I want a YouTube. And I said, no, you don't. There you go. I said, what do you want to experience as a result of having that? He goes, oh, well, that's not possible. And thus is why you will not create any of those things. Because what what you want, you believe is not possible. And I said, if it were possible, what would it be? And it's like, well, I'd like to make as much money as I'm making now. But doing this, but and I sit there and I said, great, on a scale of one to 10, how possible is it? It's not possible. And the number was only $41,000 a month. And I'm like, dude, you could get 41 people to pay you $1,000 a month. You can get 20 and a half people to pay you $2,000 a month. Or you can get four people to pay you $10,000 a month. That's exactly it. I mean, it, it, but but no... Lawyers get paid by the hour. I am a lawyer. Oh man, there's that there's I heard so much. I I in one ninety minute conversation, lawyers get paid by the hour. There's only so much a lawyer can charge by the hour, and I am a lawyer. I heard those three lines four or five times. Well, there you go. <laughs> That is your punishment. <laughs> or your reward. Or your reward. Absolutely. Your reward. But the, that's the, the thing is, is that you can choose at any moment not to be a lawyer. Or you could choose to be a lawyer who doesn't get paid by the hour, but in, paid by some other way. You could choose to... The, the, you could, there, there is an unlimited, infinite number of options that you could do whatever you want as a lawyer. There's an infinite number of options for you to do to just drop the, the, per, the mask of the lawyer completely yeah. and never touch it again. You could be a top box office billing Hollywood movie star and suddenly decide, and I'm quoting him now, what Jim Carrey decided, I have enough. I've of done, that. I've done enough. I am enough. I'm going to paint. And people think he's crazy. Some people think he's crazy. I think he might have gone sane. I think he's just remembered some very important things about his true identity. And his next thing he wants to do is to paint. I mean, come on. Just let the guy go paint. His paintings are amazing, by the way. Are they? I have not seen his paintings. Yeah, they're they're amazing. Just go, go to YouTube and do a search, Jim Carrey painting. You'll find some stuff. I will do that. Ray, I love you, brother. I love you too, Cliff. I really appreciate you. I'm excited that this podcast is in existence. I'm thrilled that I get to record a conversation with you and put it out to the internet so people can just see how awesome you are. I appreciate that. And I honestly have, I have not listened to any of these, this, what are you creating? So I don't really know how it fits or if it fits. I came here purposely not having listened to any of them because I wanted to just. Well, just so you know, the first three, I think there are three episodes before this. They, 
they were, I don't, let me just look. I'm, I'm going to go to cliffravenscraft.com. I'm going to click on podcasts. And let me go to what are you creating? Uh, Jake Lang, Stephen Faust, Kevin Davis. So all three of those, all three of those podcast episodes were created as what's called a the uh, the a podcast called the Community Voice. Completely different format and purpose and vision behind the Community Voice podcast, which again all those episodes were created for. This is the first podcast episode that I've created for this podcast that has this podcast in mind. And, oh. it, and it literally, the, the whole purpose, the, the title, the thing that it says here that this podcast interviews with people who are intentional about what they want to create in this life. Oh, well, that sounds like what we've been talking about. That's exact, And that's exactly it. I wanted a place where I could just have conversations with people. And the only thing is, is I, I, I'm not going to, I don't, well, maybe I'll ask more and more people how, you know, who are you? Why are you here? But what, because there are three, I think there are three important, the three most important questions in life that anybody can have an answer for. And I don't care what your answer is. There is no right or wrong answer, in my opinion, for any of these three things. And I, and if, in my experience is that the answers to all three questions are always shifting. So question number one, who are you? Number two, why are you here? Number three, what do you want? Mm. And are you intentional about who you are in this world? Are you intentional about why you're here? And are you intentional about what you want to create in this life? I feel like now I want to have another hour-long conversation. Unfortunately, I have an appointment I have to keep. I have an appointment in 30 minutes as well. So you'll come back. Yes. Awesome. I. I can't promise I'll be the same person. I can promise you probably most assuredly I will not be, but you, I'll be you, approximately close enough you'll recognize me. You can bring any mask slash persona you want, or you could just come naked. Okay. <laughs> the door. All right. Many blessings, Ray. Love you. Mindset and